happening? A good Friday to all of you. Thanks for joining me. As always, it is much appreciated. I'll tell you, I have no idea how long we're going to go today. <laughs> that is up to you. It's up to me. I have no idea how long we're going to go today because obviously it is a big day for the Patriots. They have a new head coach. Gerard Mayo will be introduced as that new head coach next week. Let's jump right into the story from this morning. Chad Graff, The Athletic, on this decision. Here's what he wrote. Mayo, 37, will become the NFL's youngest head coach. His ascension has been long planned. The team never reached out to a single other person for the role, including hot names like Jim Harbaugh, Mike Vrabel, or even Ben Johnson. The Patriots wrote into his contract last January that Mayo would succeed Belichick as the next head coach. Because they did that and because they communicated that with the league, they were not required to conduct a full coaching search following the Rooney Rule. Even when well-known candidates became available this week, Robert and Jonathan Kraft stuck with their plan. They've been confident for over a year that Mayo will make a good head coach, and they didn't deviate from that plan this week. There's going to be lots of thoughts. Throw your comments in. I know a lot of you have already started to throw your comments in. If you want to jump the line, you can do that by Super Chat. You send a Super Chat, it stars your message, and I get to it right away. You can do that, or you can wait patiently as we file through all of the comments. Gerard Mayo, the new head coach of the New England Patriots. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up when you jump into the room. It means the world to us. Comment and subscribe. Trying to get to 1,500 subscriptions by the end of this month. And if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Pods, don't forget to rate and review. Let me say this off the jump. And this is for me. This is for you. This is for anybody who's going to talk about or write about Gerard Mayo as the new Patriots head coach. Nobody, and I mean nobody, has an idea if Mayo is going to be great, good, or terrible. Robert Kraft doesn't know it. Jonathan Kraft doesn't know it. I don't know it. You don't know it. We've seen a lot of coordinators get jobs and they get washed out within a couple of years. We see coordinators get jobs and they become the next big thing like Sean McVay. But we have no clue if this is going to work or if this is going to be a dumpster fire. That's the first thing I would say. This is all a guessing game. Whenever somebody is named head coach of any professional sports team, it is a guessing game unless that person has a resume. And that's why, personally, I would have leaned towards Mike Vrabel instead of Gerard Mayo just because of that experience. I think they're very similar in many ways. Not the same guy, but they have a lot of similarities. I would have leaned towards Vrabel because we know what Vrabel is as a head coach in the NFL. We've seen him win. We've seen him get to an AFC championship game. You know what you have in Mike Vrabel. And as good as you feel about Gerard Mayo, if you're the Crafts, it's no guarantee. You've never seen him do the job. So I would have leaned towards Vrabel. With that said, in the last 24 hours or so, there was a report in The Athletic that made me pause a little bit with Mike Vrabel. And the reason why I paused a little bit is because in that athletic story, it had said, it was written by Diana Rossini, by the way, that story said that Vrabel was looking for more personnel power. And that gave me some hesitancy. If that was the case, then maybe, just maybe, I would have walked away from Vrabel. Did he want to run the program a la Bill Belichick? 
Boy, oh boy, right off the jump, Marilyn T with a $25 super chat. Thank you a lot, Marilyn, for jumping in. She's been with us, I think, since day one. I appreciate you. I appreciate that super chat to the show. Can't say enough for people that, you know, pay their hard-earned money to support this program. And Marilyn jumped in and said, look, Kraft's presser yesterday, the way he talked about how they run their companies and treat their staff, I knew Mayo would be the choice. Yeah, we're going to eventually get to Robert Kraft and his statement and some of the answers that he had with the media yesterday. There's so much to cover. I also want to touch on Belichick's goodbye. So I think there's a lot, a lot to discuss today, which is why I have no idea how long we're going to go. I'm here. You're here. Let's have some fun. It's a Friday, right? It's a Friday. Let's have some fun. Let's talk some Patriots. Thank you again to Marilyn. And if you want to send a super chat like she did, you can jump to the head of the line. Another thing, before we get into Mayo, because I'm going to break down the pros and cons. I'm going to tell you the pros for Mayo as head coach, the cons for Mayo as head coach, some of the questions that I have. We're going to go through all of this. We will get through all of it. Trust me. Stay right here. We're going to parse this thing out. But when I saw this this morning, I couldn't help but feel weird. And I don't know how many of you felt weird. Leaking that Gerard Mayo was going to be the new head coach less than 24 hours after saying goodbye to Belichick, it just felt a little strange. It felt a little rushed. It felt, quote-unquote, too soon. In the analogy that I posted on Twitter slash X, if you want to follow me, at Nick C Radio, where's my finger? There it is, at Nick C Radio, you can follow me. It felt like you've ever seen somebody who has been married for a long time and then they lose their partner. And within like a week, they start dating somebody who they've been friends with for a long time. That's what this felt like to me. It felt like, you know, the Kraft-Belichick marriage split up. Someone was leaving. Belichick was going. That side of the marriage was walking away. And then the next morning, less than 24 hours later, it's like, oh, check out our new girlfriend, Gerard Mayo. It, it just, I would have waited a little bit longer. I know it's a subjective thing. But to me, it just felt too soon to leak out Gerard Mayo. I just felt like maybe you do it early next week. You know, give Belichick the rest of the week. Let Patriots fans kind of absorb what just happened. But some fans, they did not want Belichick to go. And for those fans to wake up this morning and say, wait a minute, already? Already they have a replacement? Like, they, they, would, even, they would not even let the Belichick body go cold. So that just felt a little weird to me. I just wanted to state that at the top. It's a little strange. I think it's a little too rushed as far as the announcement goes in leaking this to the media. It, it just felt weird. I don't know if you agree or disagree with that. Let's jump to another super chat here. Louise jumps in. Thank you, Louise. Cheers from Brazil. Cheers, my friend. Isn't more the same but worse. Firing Bill, but sticking with the philosophy sounds kind of dumb. Thanks for all the content. Go, Pats. Well, thank you, Louise. I appreciate uh, the super chat. Can't say enough to all of those who support this show, support the content. And it's been a big week, and I plan on going even bigger as we move forward with this project. And I can't thank all of you enough. We'll get to more of your comments in a few minutes, but we have a lot to get through today. Again, you can send your super chats like Marilyn and Louise did to jump to the front of the line. I'm not saying that this Gerard Mayo hiring is going to fail. As I said, nobody knows. Nobody knows if this is going to be an unbelievable success or a spectacular failure. None of us know that. 
but I don't like this process. I do not like this process. I would go as far as saying that I hate this process. I hate how the Patriots have done this. I hate that this is written into stone going back a year ago. Personally, if I were Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft, I would have started at the general manager position. I would have started at the president of football operations. Now, maybe they already have, and I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they already have their list. Maybe they have already discussed some things with people around the league. Maybe since they fast-tracked this with Mayo, they're going to fast-track the GM. But I would have started with the GM. I would have started there. I think that's the most critical hire. This roster needs a lot of turnover and overhaul. And I would have started with the GM. I don't know if the GM is already in the bag. We'll get to GM talk a little bit later. But it does make me wonder if this thing is already a fait accompli. Belichick's gone. Mayo in. Succession plan continues. GMX is going to be the guy. But here's why I hate this process and how Gerard Mayo was hired. Number one, if you're replacing Bill Belichick, you're replacing the greatest of all time. And when you're replacing Belichick, you have to cast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. As wide of a net as possible. I want you to talk to as many people as you can. Go out there and talk to the bright young minds. Yes, Mayo is super intelligent. Yes, Mayo might end up being great. But does it really hurt if you go out there and you have these conversations? If you bring in a Mike McDonald? I can't get any love anymore. Is it going to hurt you to go get Mike McDonald for an interview out of Baltimore? You know, just to talk to him to see how he sees the game and how he feels? Would it hurt to bring in Bobby Slowick and have a conversation about offensive philosophy? I, I hate the idea of not going outside of the circle and having conversations with prospective candidates just to get a feel for who they are, where the game's going, because you never know what's going to happen. You could still land on Mayo, but you have no idea who you're going to talk to through the process that might open your eyes, might change your mind. I just hate this idea of limiting the field to the point where, well, we had this contract signed back in January, so we're just going to roll with this. Again, it's not about hiring Gerard Mayo. It's the process getting to Mayo. Not talking to anybody else, not considering anybody else. Jim Harbaugh's out there. Mike Vrabel's out there. Slowick's out there. Ben Johnson in Detroit's out there. And I'm not telling you those guys would have been a better hire than Gerard Mayo. Mayo end up might end up being awesome. It's just, why not have those conversations? Why not pick up the phone and call those guys and have interviews? Why not pick their brains? I just, I hate the easy, fast track here to hiring Mayo. I hate it. I hate it. And it's it's interesting because Robert Kraft is up there at the podium yesterday talking about how, you know, Bill Belichick stuck with his circle. I'm paraphrasing, but he stuck with his circle. 
and really talking about how Belichick had nobody around him that could say no and, you know, being just surrounded by yes men and being within the family and all of those things, right? And then Kraft turns around the next day and leaks out the information that they're hiring Drod Mayo. It's like a Bill Belichick move if he was an owner, right? And again, I'm not telling you it's going to be the wrong thing. I'm not telling you that Mayo's going to fail. I'm talking about the process. This process from Kraft is very Belichickian. And I just find that pretty ironic after yesterday. Another super chat. Steven jumps in. Thank you, Steven, for joining the program. My question is in the chat somewhere. <laughs> and he laughs. Oh, it's going to be very difficult, Steven, if you can send me that, man. It's going to be very, very difficult to try to find your chat. There's tons of people responding to this. And I, I can't thank all of you enough. Here we go, Stephen. I found you crazy 24 hours. I understand your point on moving on so fast. However, if it was already in his contract, why wait? I feel like waiting just makes it worse. Does Bill O'Brien stay? Vrabel upstairs. Now, I, I understand that thought process of, hey, it's in the contract. Get it done if you like them. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. Again, if you wanted to land on Mayo eventually, then land on Mayo. And I'm not saying to wait two, three, four weeks. I would have just liked to, to hear that, you know, oh, well, the, the Crafts spoke to this guy. The Crafts brought this guy in for an interview. The Crafts looked around it and tried to get different ideas. I would have liked to hear that. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Don't forget to comment. Don't forget to subscribe. Trying to get to 1,500 subscriptions by the end of January. Every single like counts, especially on YouTube. That's how we beat the algorithm. So the process, I'm not in love with it. Let's get to some of you. Donnell, good morning, Nick. Is this an eight-win team at best with Mayo and a good draft? In my opinion, thoughts? Look, I, I think it's too far out to forecast what this team is going to do in 2024. I'm not going to give you a, a win-loss record on January 12th. I appreciate the passion, Donnell. What I will say is you're building off of a good defense, right? You've got a top 10 defense in DVOA. You have to hit on several picks, and you have to hit in free agency. You've got to make sure you draft the right quarterback. If you're drafting a quarterback, which I think the Patriots will, you have to make sure that you hit in free agency at wide receiver. You have to make sure that you find an offensive tackle. Are you going to bring back Michael Wenu? These are all questions that we'll get into during this offseason. As I've said, Donnell, my promise to you, as long as this podcast is going, we are going to dig into all of these conversations, have all of these discussions, and look at all of the names. We'll go through free agency. We'll go through the draft. We'll go through the GM search once that starts to pick up. Judging by this move today, we might have a GM by 3 o'clock. <laughs> you never know. We, we might get a GM at 3 o'clock. We, we might get a GM within the half hour. Who the hell knows? But I, I think it's too early. Mike Larry jumps in and says, uh, sounds like fans are still in Belichick's win-now way of thinking. No offense to even get to that point. Again, we, we have a lot of of things that we have to sift through in this offseason. Who's going to be wide receiver one? Who's going to be the quarterback? Let's start there. Who's going to be the quarterback? When we start to get those answers, then we could try to configure how this season's going to come together. Rundog, morning, Nick. I wanted Vrabel, but I guess it's Mayo. They made the decision so fast. I know the contract was there, but those can be broken. Let's see what Mayo can do. Another super chat comes in. Fergie, 99, I appreciate you. Again, you can jump the line if you give us a super chat. Send those super chats. I appreciate every single one of you. Nick, I'm sorry, but I can't help but see this decision as another example of the Crafts' refusal to evolve with the rest of the league. And, and that's why I think, you know, Fergie's point about not evolving and kind of just falling into the same old, same old, that's going to be, I think, 
that's going to be the biggest criticism about this hire is, man, we, we just we just went through this stuff. Like, Mayo's a Belichick guy and all that, and, and I'll get into that stuff. But I, I think the idea of just pushing Mayo forward and Mayo being a part of the quote-unquote family, that's going to create criticisms across New England about this hire. And I, I think it's, honestly, I think it's unfair to Mayo. The way this process went, it's unfair to Mayo. Because what it is, is it's like silver spoon optics, isn't it? People are going to sit there and say, yeah, but did Mayo really deserve the job? Did he really earn the job? That's what people are going to say because of how this process went. People are going to look at this and say, how could you pick Mayo when you didn't talk to Vrabel? How could you pick Mayo when you didn't talk to Ben Johnson? How could you you know, pick Mayo if you didn't go out and, and have a conversation with Jim Harbaugh? He didn't have any competition. It was handed to him on a silver platter. And, and I think that is going to make things unfair to Mayo because he has to now obliterate that idea of being the golden child, so to speak. And people wondering if he truly deserved this. And that's unfair to Gerard. It really is. Because again, we have no idea if he's going to earn it or not. We have no idea if he's going to be awesome at it or not. But there is going to be the question of whether or not he deserved it. There's going to be questions, oh, did Gerard, you know, stab Belichick in the back? There are going to be people wondering, was was Gerard worried about himself? Was he was he selfish? You know, was this an inside job from the beginning? And, and Belichick and, and Mayo had two different sides. There was a report last night from Mike Reese saying that the Belichick-Mayo relationship changed this year. It just opens up Pandora's box for all of these other little things popping up. People are going to look at this and say four and thirteen. How in the world can a guy who coached on a four and thirteen team just be given this job? So Fergie brings up many good points there. All right, let's go into Dan Derbs again with a super chat. Hi Nick, if you are Mayo, what changes would you make with the offensive staff? It's going to be interesting. Kyle Mania Fitness, what you going to do, brother? Sending a super chat. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. But Dion Derbs, you know, look the the offensive staff. That's my first big question to Mayo, isn't it? I think many of you would ask the question. All right, Gerard, what's your offensive plan? Who's who's going to be the coordinator? What's your coaching staff look like? What is your philosophy? Are you going to change schemes? What is your offensive plan? And I have to imagine that Gerard Mayo has had these conversations with at least some people in the building already. But the offensive question is a gigantic question. We'll get into that a little bit more in a, a little later when we look at pros and cons. Back to the process. You know, does this cause issues with others in the staff? Is Bill O'Brien angry now? Wait a minute. I was brought in. I thought I might have a chance to replace Bill Belichick whenever he left, but you guys already had this behind closed door deal in the contract with Mayo. That might not rub people well on the staff. And will they pass judgment on Mayo because of it? I don't know. I don't know. I do like, though, the efficiency of this. I do like the idea of, you know, look, again, today, it to me, it was a little weird. It was a little too soon after saying goodbye to Belichick just yesterday. But getting the ducks in a row and being able to get your head coach settled as quickly as they have now really sets you up for 2024. I would have started with the GM, but at least you have Mayo in the building. You know he's your head coach. He can now start working on his staff. The players know who's going to be the guy. So that's the good part 
of doing this so soon because this is going to be a monstrous offseason, as we've discussed time and time again. This is a huge offseason with so many monumental decisions to be made that starts at the franchise QB1 spot. And so now you get ahead here a little bit. You don't have to go the next two, three weeks having these conversations with prospective coaches. You can you can just move forward and, and get it going, and that's good. I'd also say, look, if if you think Gerard Mayo is special, and it's rather obvious that the Crafts think Mayo is special, then you don't let somebody who's special walk away. You don't. So we can sit here and we can haggle about the process all we want, and I would have liked them to have conversations with other people just to open up their minds and maybe get new ideas into that building as far as, okay, well, this guy brought this up, and that might work here in New England. I would have liked that to happen, but I am a firm believer. If you believe that somebody is truly going to be special, if 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 the Crafts looked at Mayo, and again, it's obvious they did given what's happening here. They looked at Mayo and said, this guy is can't miss. Robert Kraft thought the same thing about Bill Belichick back in 1996. But Kraft did not want to make the move to Belichick because he was concerned that Belichick was too close with Parcells and and it would just kind of look weird. And Kraft obviously looked at this situation and said, I'm not making the same mistake. Kraft believed he made a mistake by going to Pete Carroll instead of hiring Belichick when in his gut he felt like Belichick was the guy. And it's obvious that Robert Kraft and maybe even Jonathan, they feel the same way about Gerard Mayo. And they were not going to walk away from Mayo and hire somebody from outside of the building to only go back full circle and say to themselves, we did the same damn thing with Pete Carroll. So in their gut, and I'm sure in their head, they feel like Mayo can be special. And if you let's... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Somebody who is special walk away, then you are inevitably making a mistake. Kyle Mania Fitness jumps in. Do you think, Gerard, again, thank you for the super chat. Super chats, you jumped to the head of the line with your Patriots questions. Do you think Gerard had other teams poking around and they were worried he was going to get plucked slash offend him? You know, Kyle Mania, I do think that's a part of this. If you're looking at it, right, Michael Hurley posted this earlier. You know, Mayo had interviews with Philly, Carolina, Cleveland, Denver, Vegas. He had interviews. Head coach interviews, defensive coordinator interviews. He had interviews with five teams. So that does play a role. Like the Crafts are looking at this and they're saying to themselves, okay, this guy left the building five times to interview with other teams. And we don't want that to happen again. We we can't allow him to leave this building. And we feel really good about Gerard Mayo. We feel like he can be special. Why would we open the door for him to go somewhere else when we have it in his contract? to just make him the head coach. So I, I do think I do think that is a, a legitimate point made by Kyle Mania. McTogger, seems to me one craft has a good record of hiring people into the choice of Belichick in 2000 when he's universally panned. Truth is, we have no idea how it will go, so we will have to wait and see. I agree. 
That's why I started this podcast the way I did. And for those jumping in right now, hello, welcome to the community. You can find your way to the pool. The water is warm. Everybody here is friendly. Hopefully you enjoy yourself. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Every like means the world to us. More likes means more eyeballs. Comment and subscribe. If you want to jump to the front of the line with your question or thought, you can send a super chat like many have already through the early parts of this podcast. How long are we going to go? I have no freaking idea. As long as you want to go. I got a little bit of water here. I can survive. I can make through. So however long you want to stay. So, yeah, the truth is, and, and that's why I started this podcast the way I did. Nobody has an idea if this is going to work. Nobody knows if Mayo's going to be awesome. Nobody knows if, if Mayo's going to be terrible. We don't know. We don't know. You can look at people's resumes and track records and this and that and everything else. We have no idea. There have been highly regarded coordinators who have stunk. There have been guys who, you know, oh, what's going on? As McTogger said, when Belichick was hired, people were going, Bill Belichick? Go back and look. Google all the things said about Belichick at the time he was hired by Kraft. Really? Bill Belichick, that guy who failed in Cleveland? And now he walks out of New England, regarded as the greatest coach of all time. Tomasero says, Josina Anderson said McDaniels had the same deal set up. How's that make Kraft look? Again, it makes Kraft look, Tom, and that's a great question. It, it makes Kraft look like he trusts his gut. He trusts the people that are around him and that he's going to make decisions based off of what he sees and the conversations that he has. Look, nobody knows Gerard Mayo better than Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft outside of Mayo's family and maybe best friends, right? So there is a comfortable notion to we're going to take this guy and we're going to promote him. And don't forget, Tom, Robert Kraft's history and business he runs the Patriots like a business. And that if that wasn't obvious, his press conference yesterday with talking about Belichick and the power Belichick had and how he feels this way and that way regarding, you know, accountability and yes men and all. He runs his organization here in New England like a business. And what, what you see in the business world a lot is people getting promoted from within. Because those people feel more comfortable when they make those decisions. Those decision makers feel more comfortable with the people that they've worked with. They've been alongside them for a long time. And they feel like, oh, they could be special. The McDaniels thing, the other question part of it is, as I would imagine Tom saying, is that you know Kraft wanted to keep McDaniels with this same kind of deal after McDaniels failed in Denver. And then McDaniels went on to fail in Vegas. So if McDaniels was the guy, it, it might not have worked out. And, and what tells us when looking at history about McDaniels is that it would not have worked out. So, yeah, there, there should be a little bit of, uh-oh, he wanted McDaniels to this. Smoochie, let's run through some of these. Mayo got his chance, excited to see what he will bring to the team. David Burnham, I think Gerard Mayo will be a successful coach, but Kraft has to get the right personnel staff in place or it ain't going to matter. Bomb jumps in. Morning, Nick. Mr. Kraft is not messing around. He had this all planned out and ready to roll. That is absolutely correct. Sports Unlimited. What's happening? What's happening, Sports Unlimited? Glad you could join us. Jesse Tucker jumps in, says, considering Kraft's commentary yesterday about wanting to treat people in a way that makes them want to stay long-term, which I believe was directly related to Mayo in this situation, it is not all surprising that they honor what sounds like a contractual obligation to a guy they believe deserves it. 
They made assurances if they then went against them by hiring someone else, it would look bad, et cetera, et cetera. And I agree with that. Again, if you if you listen to Kraft and what he had to say yesterday, I thought those comments were pointed. And he believes in being loyal. He believes in his people. And he believes that if you stand by your your gut, your instinct, and you believe in those, you know, those ideas that you believed in just a year ago, why would you move away from them? If Mayo is your guy, he's your guy. Point blank, period, end of sentence. Doesn't matter when Belichick's going. If it was this offseason, next offseason, Mayo was going to be the guy. And if you think he's special, you stand by him. It reminds me, I'm a Notre Dame fan, as you could see. It does remind me of like Marcus Freeman. The, the Irish hired Marcus Freeman when Kelly moved on to LSU. There was a lot of thought of Marcus Freeman's not ready yet. He's really young. He was a defensive coordinator for a couple of years. You know, is this guy really ready to take over a program like Notre Dame? And there's been some good with Freeman and there's been some bad with Freeman. But this is very similar to that. Notre Dame looked at Marcus Freeman and said, this guy is going to be special. Now, is he going to be special immediately? We can't say that, but we feel like he's going to be inevitably, eventually special. So we're going to bring him in. We're going to keep him here. We're going to make him the head coach. And it's a very similar way of how the Patriots are handling Mayo. Charles Demers, what is going to happen to Bill O'Brien? Do Bill's kids stay? We'll figure it out. We'll see what happens. You know, Bill O'Brien, again, is, is he angered or frustrated by this, that Mayo had this in his contract and he wasn't given a shot? I have no idea. I'm not sure. Nolan, funny that Josh McDaniels was at the last game and at the press conference. Yeah, I, I think, you know, looking at McDaniels in his presence, I, I think we could say safely that McDaniels is going to be involved with either Belichick or the Patriots next year. And I think it's going to be Belichick. I was I was listening to Evan Lazar from Patriots.com last night. Evan does a great job. And he said as soon as Belichick left the press conference yesterday, McDaniels left the press conference, and McDaniels left with Belichick's people. So I think that tells us a lot. James, I'm furious with this decision. The Crafts had the best opportunity to hire Vrabel. I think this is very short-sighted, and now I'm really questioning ownership. I understand. I understand. Eric Griffin, I'm happy for him. The way the defense stuck behind Mayo, even with all the other BS going on with that team, shows his ability to lead. Excited to see this new chapter of the Patriots. It's time to rebuild LFG. Trying to get to as many comments as possible, folks. There are a ton, a ton of comments, and I can't speak highly enough of all of you. I can't tell you how much I appreciate the support and the interaction. That's why we do these live. Keep sending those comments. Try to get to them as, as much as possible. But if you want your comment heard, the best way to get your comment heard or your question seen is by sending a super chat because the way this works, those are singled out to me and I can get right to those. You don't do that. I got to shuffle through all of these and there's a lot to shuffle through. Paul says, hope that Mayo works out, but with Rabel out there, I'm not too sure. I think the crafts cheaped out. I don't think this is necessarily a money thing. Don't forget, with Mike Vrabel being fired by the Tennessee Titans, they do have to pick up some of his bill. And so what he was going to get paid by the Titans, next team kind of has to make him whole. So I don't think this was a money thing. I think this was the Crafts believing Gerard Mayo is the guy, and they didn't want him to leave. They had him in the building. They said, this is the plan. We're sticking with the plan. Don't forget to give us that like, the thumbs up, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or X slash Twitter. Give us that thumbs up. Give us that like. 
It builds the community. That's how people get to see us. It's not the content, as weird as that is. It's how many people are liking and commenting and subscribing. So continue to support the show by doing those things. Rate and review Apple Pods and Spotify. The Crafts track record is good for hiring coaches. Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick, both guys, Belichick definitely, Pete Carroll very likely, are going to be Hall of Fame coaches. So they've got that track record. Okay, so that's the process. We're going to continue here now with the pros and cons. I'm going to tell you the good things about Mayo. I'm going to tell you the questions I have about Mayo. Okay? Nick Cattle Show, we usually go live Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. every day. If you want an alternative to what is out there, we provide that for you 11 a.m. every Monday through Friday, live on YouTube. And we usually go about 30 minutes, but because this news is so huge this week, we've had a number of podcasts go longer than 30 minutes. And as you can see, we're already past 30 minutes. We're going to keep on trucking. As long as you are here, we have this conversation. We have this back and forth. We're going to keep going. Send the super chats if you like. Tom sent another super chat. No outside GM candidate would want to come in with no control over the head coach. Flawed power dynamics, in my opinion. What Tom is getting to, and this was part of my my concern about the process. I was concerned because you just kind of roll with this and, and you don't go outside the building to talk to people. And I thought that the GM should have been the first hire. Hire the GM. Let the GM pick his coach, and then that's how this works. But I will leave the door open. Look, we don't know what's happening behind closed doors right now. Nobody knew that Gerard Mayo had this in his contract. It is quite possible, if not even probable, that the Patriots and Mayo have already had a conversation with somebody who is the prospective GM, and they are fully intact with each other. Gerard Mayo might have a friend. We'll get to some names in a little bit. Gerard Mayo has a couple of friends that are out there that he knows that are outside of the building. So, look, the biggest thing is, do the GM and the head coach agree? Do they align? Do they have a good relationship? If so, that's the most important thing. Whether you hire the GM first or the head coach, if they're in cahoots and they get along and they know what's going to happen here, everything's simpatico, then I'm not as worried about it. Okay, let's get to Mayo's pros and cons and questions. I will not rule out Gerard Mayo being a very good head coach because I have no idea. I have no idea how he is going to run his program. Nobody has an idea. We can have guesses. We can have thoughts about how he was, you know, in the business world and yesteryear and how he ran things and how he talks and what, how he sees things. But we have no idea when he is the true guy in the room. We have no idea if it's going to work out. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Vrabel was absolutely a better hire or would have been a better hire. I'm not going to tell you that Mayo's going to fail. I hate this idea. I've said it before. I hate the guilt by association. Just because Gerard Mayo worked for Bill Belichick, just because Gerard Mayo played for Bill Belichick does not mean that Gerard Mayo is Bill Belichick. I hate the idea of the guilt by association. Oh, this guy was in the room. he's He's a Belichick guy. He's just going to be another Belichick. I don't like that. I hate guilt by association. Let this guy do his own thing. Let him succeed or fail on his own feet. Don't judge him because he has a relationship with Belichick. Also, people will hate this move right off the bat because he's a defensive guy. I get it. 
I get the whole idea about hiring an offensive mind and reshaping the system and reshaping this offense and bringing in it. But we don't know what Mayo's offensive philosophy is. We don't know how Mayo's going to handle the offense. We we have no clue. Is it going to be the same scheme? Is he going to keep Bill O'Brien? Is he going to bring somebody from outside of the building? Is he open-minded? D'Amico Ryans, Bobby Slowick have worked out perfectly down in Houston. Will he build an offensive staff that will be ready for departures? You bring in an offensive coordinator. If that OC leaves, you have somebody in mind that will replace the OC right off the bat, a tight ends coach. That's what kills some of these programs is they don't have a clear plan. They don't have people behind the person. They have an OC and they're like, oh, we'll figure it out. Look at Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, great offensive mind, right? But his offensive staff, Mike McDaniel and Bobby Slowick and these guys, he built a staff. It's all about staffing. So I'm not going to write off Gerard Mayo because he's a defensive mind. Defensive-minded head coaches can win in the league. And if you look at it, it's very interesting. Most of these interviews that are happening across the NFL, I don't know if you've noticed, but the majority of the guys who are interviewing are from the defensive side of the ball. There have not been a lot of offensive guys getting interview requests. And I think that speaks volumes for the lack of depth. The Kyle Shanahan tree is starting to dry up a little bit. So when you look around, Ben Johnson is getting all these interviews. Ben Johnson's the one guy. But there's not a lot of offensive minds. I think Todd Munkin is getting an interview somewhere. But a lot of the names that we see, Raheem Morris and Mike McDaniel, we see a lot of defensive names getting these interviews. And that, to me, stands out because there might not be the depth offensively that we think is out there. There just might not be that kind of depth. Trying to search through some of these comments. Putting Mayo as next head coach in his contract handcuffs you from finding the best candidate for the job. Not necessarily. I mean, the Patriots had the opportunity to go out and talk to people. Just because it was in his contract didn't mean they had to do this. There wasn't a gun to the head proverbial. Right? Like he, they, they had an opportunity to go outside the building. They could have done that. Val says fait accompli would have been the biggest lawsuit. No. Again, last night, both Ian Rappaport and Chad Graff, both of those guys reported that the Patriots, it, it was not necessarily a done deal. Yes, it was in his contract, but they could have pivoted. They had the option to pivot. If you thought this was all settled and done, you know, it, it wasn't. They had the opportunity to pivot. Semi-Charm Life 311, not a fan of the decision, but I'll support Mayo LFG. And I, I think many people will look at this decision and, and look at it a little cross-eyed and be like, what is going on here? Why is this happening? All right, don't forget, if you want your comments, your questions read, send a super chat. You'll jump to the front of the line. Always appreciate the super chats. Give us that thumbs up as well. Continue to like this podcast so we can continue to grow the numbers. And let's get more viewers. Let's get more likes. Let's get more subscriptions. Let's bring people into the family here. Let's invite them to the party. Budika X, I have never heard of a low-level unit coach being promoted to head coach. Can anyone name me an example? Well, I do think it's a little bit different with Mayo. Yes, Mayo is not defensive coordinator, but th there are a few reasons for that. Number one, don't forget Bill Belichick's son Steve is the defensive coordinator. So there was a little family love happening there between the Belichicks. 
So that's first and foremost. It was an odd situation from the very beginning. Number two, if they gave Gerard Mayo the defensive coordinator title, that would have limited Mayo's ability to go out and interview for jobs. Because in the NFL, you are not going to have these interviews unless you're interviewing for the job that's above the job you already have. Unless the coach is fired, then you'll see teams ask permission for, all right, we want to interview your defensive coordinator because your head coach is gone and we're interested in that guy, right? But overall, when you look at it, if if Gerard Mayo had the D.C. title, it would have limited him because he would have only been able to go out and interview for head coaching jobs. Not having the D.C. title allowed him some fluidity and allowed him the opportunity to go out there and interview for a, a defensive coordinator job if he got frustrated in New England. So I think some of that is overplayed. Super chat from Tom. He's killing it. Prepared for Elliot Wolf and OB as OC. So Tom thinks that this is going to be an inside system. Everybody from the inside. We'll get to that in a little bit. All right, let's get to pros and cons. Let's get to back, back to those, okay? Here are some questions about Gerard Mayo that I have. He has zero in-game management. Gerard Mayo has not handled in-game decisions. The play calling, I think, is a little less of a big deal because he was on the field as an NFL player, as a linebacker, and in the second year of his career, he was already calling plays on the field and adjusting on the fly. So I think some of the play calling stuff, it's overrated given what Mayo's responsibilities and, you know, all of the things that he had to do when he was in New England as a player, I think that does help shape him as a play caller if he's going to call plays. We don't even know if he's going to call the defensive plays. I don't think he's going to because of how he handles things and, and how he runs his life and his kind of philosophies, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But, you know, the zero in-game management's a question. How's he going to handle the clock management? How's he going to handle timeouts? In-game situations that he hasn't faced on the fly happening right away as a head coach. He's a linebacker's coach. But again, he was the de facto defensive coordinator. He ran team meetings during the week. He set up the game plans for each weekend. So he was not just a linebacker's coach. That was his title for the reasons we just talked about. I also think that because of Mayo's inexperience, Surrounding him with a staff of experience is crucial. He's going to need at least a few guys on this staff and maybe even upstairs in the suite that will help him. He, I think he's going to need an Ernie Adams. Who is going to be Mayo's Ernie Adams? I think that's a huge part of this. Who's going to help guide Mayo during games and say, let's do this, you know, oh, I saw that, I saw this. In-game strategy what to review, right? Should we ask for a should we throw the challenge flag on this or that? Those kinds of things, all the mechanisms during game day. I think it's crucial, it's vital for Gerard Mayo to have some kind of Ernie Adams presence, somebody who can help him that's been there before, maybe even a former head coach in the NFL. Somebody. Another question I have about Gerard Mayo. What's his Rolodex? What's the Rolodex look like? He's only been in one place in the NFL. He played for the Patriots. He's coached for the Patriots. How deep, how deep are those relationships that he has across the league? How many names does he have in the back pocket? How many guys in the league does he know that he thinks he can bring in 
to change the flavor of this coaching staff. So the Rolodex is a question. It's a legitimate question. What will his staff look like? Will it be a run-it-back feel like Tom said the Super Chat about just a moment ago? He only knows the Patriot way, right? He only knows the Patriot way. And how much will the overall philosophy of Gerard Mayo look like the overall philosophy of Bill Belichick? We don't know. But, you know, there is this idea of the Patriot way just kind of continuing here in New England. Is Mayo going to be more of the same? That's a question. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Give us that like. We talked about this a little bit earlier. What is Mayo's offensive plan? Are you going to stick with Bill O'Brien? Are you going to change the scheme? What kinds of names are you thinking of to run this offense? Are you comfortable going outside of the building to run the offense? Kraft is cheap. It will be so adamantly clear moving forward. Again, I don't think, Tom, this is a money thing. I don't think it's a money thing. I think they loved Mayo. I think they love the idea of Mayo, and that's what they're doing. Chris Pachula says, Pat's just saved $20 million a year. Oh, they still have to pay Belichick. Let's not forget about that. Ian wonders, can you bring Wes Welker over to, to coach the wide receivers? Uh, at this point, anybody but Troy Brown. Let Belichick take Troy Brown anywhere he goes, please. And I respect and love Troy Brown as a player, but he has not done a good job with the wide receivers. So the offensive plan, what are you going to do? With the offensive plan. It's a huge question. First name, last name. Why wouldn't you hire Vrabel? Well, we talked about it. Again, I would have leaned Vrabel, but I also saw in The Athletic over the last 24 hours that Vrabel wanted a little bit more personnel, say, in Tennessee. And so that would have made me hesitate. If Vrabel wanted to walk into the building and be a, you know, Bill Belichick type, then that would have been a problem. That would have been a problem. So, you know, why Vrabel wasn't brought in, I know Mark Daniels is writing stuff about that. I obviously can't read the story on the fly here as I'm doing this show. But, you know, the Vrabel part of the equation, I would have at least talked to Vrabel. I would have had a conversation with him. I don't like the idea of bypassing everybody and just making this an inside job. Even if Mayo works out, I certainly hope he works out. Even if Mayo ended up being the best guy for the job, I still would have had to talk with Vrabel. I still would have had that conversation. Yohannan says, y'all need to hit the like button. I agree. Hit the like button. You don't like this conversation? You don't like hanging out on a Friday? The content? The interaction with people? Give us that thumbs up. More thumbs up means more eyeballs. Always appreciate them. Tom's back. Kraft whined about too much spending in 21, but they made the playoffs. No one talks about this. Well, yeah, we've talked about it, Tom. We've talked about it a lot on this podcast, but you could also look at it and say 2021 was the sugar fix. Sugar fix, right? You get your sugar fix. It was quick. Then what happened in 22 and 23? Didn't work out, did it? So you spent a lot of money, and I've said this from the beginning, and Tom, again, it, that kind of goes against the point of Kraft being cheap, right? You had a lot of money to spend in 2021. That was the year Belichick had to get right. 
He had to put this thing back on the tracks. And they they swung and missed. When you look at, in totality, what they did, they swung and missed. He had the money. He had the first-round draft pick for the quarterback. And they swung and missed miserably. And the Patriots, we've, we've talked about this in prior podcasts, the Patriots have to spend this offseason because of NFL rules. They're going to have to spend about $100 million cash. So there are going to be free agents signing here in New England. All right, so so those are the those are the cons, right? Zero in-game management. What is his Rolodex? He only knows the Patriot way. What is his offensive plan? He's a defensive guy. Here are some of the pros. He's relatable. He's 37 years old. Gerard Mayo is now the youngest head coach in the NFL. He is relatable to the players. He knows how to communicate with those guys. People are very, very comfortable with him. He is not Bill Belichick. Pretty much everybody to a man who knows Gerard Mayo says he's a player's coach. He is not Bill Belichick. He handles players in a completely different way. So I think you're going to see a lot of differences regarding communication to the players, handling of the players. I don't think you'll see, for example, I don't think you'll see Mayo bench Pop Douglas for fumbling in a game. So I think Mayo's handling of the players, he understands in 2024 how guys have to be handled, how the personalities have to be managed. And so I, I think you get somebody in Gerard Mayo who is relatable, he's fresh, he's not going to be Belichick, he's going to approach things much differently on a personal level than Belichick did. And here's another thing. People say, I, I remember saying this going back a month or two ago when we first talked about Mayo as a possibility. People are going to sit back and they're going to say, oh, well, you know, he was with Belichick. He's going to be the same. He's going to be the same guy. He's going to be the same guy. Look, Bill Belichick just finished up a 4-13 and season. I actually look at this and say, why wouldn't we believe that Gerard Mayo is going to learn from the mistakes that Bill Belichick has made? I mentioned that a couple of months ago. Gerard Mayo sitting back and watching all of the mistakes that have been made the past few years, right? He's taking the best of Belichick. He's figuring out what Belichick has done very well, and he's, and he's learning from those things, and he's taking that from Belichick, but he's also learning from the mistakes. You don't think Mayo is standing there on the sidelines and watches Pop Douglas fumble the football, and he says to himself, oh, wait a minute. I wouldn't have done that. You're going to kill the young man's confidence. So he had the opportunity to be up close to see how Belichick managed people, managed his staff, and how he was tough in certain situations and the toughness didn't quite work out. And he can learn from those things. He can learn from those things. Corey says he loves the Mayo hire. Trey Brown next. We'll get to Trey in a couple of minutes. Boston Strong, I remember when they traded for Bill. And have up first-round picks. Fans hated it, including me. It's like you said, Mayo could be bad or great. We just don't know. I think he will do well. Send a super chat if you want to jump to the front of the line. We have a bunch of comments. Continue to give us that thumbs up, comment, subscribe, all of those things. Trying to get to 1,500 subscriptions by the end of this month. We are going to be right here for all of the Patriots fans. And don't forget, this is not just a Patriots show. We do talk about the Celtics, the Bruins. Celtics got stomped last night. We talk about the Red Sox as well, how we're infuriated by the lack of spending. So don't forget to give us that like. All right, 
Back to the pros. Gerard Mayo played the game. He played the game. He played in the NFL. He played. He played at a high level in the NFL, and that means something. It means he understands from a player's perspective how things should be run, and and how certain players and certain teammates and certain personalities will mesh with others. He he's played the game, and I think that experience means an awful lot. Players love playing for Gerard Mayo. I mean, there's just been a bunch of social media activity. But Mike Reese wrote this today that Mayo had notable support among players in the locker room, especially on defense. When news of Belichick leaving broke, one defender said in a text to Reese, I hope they give it to Mayo. He deserves it. Mark Daniels on Patriots players loving Mayo. This is what Daniels wrote in Mass Live. It's a move that'll be very popular with current Patriots players. On Thursday, one defensive veteran on the Patriots roster relayed to Mass Live that he felt Mayo deserved the head coaching over popular candidate Mike Vrabel. Last week, an offensive starter told Mass Live he thought Mayo would make for a good head coach and added Mayo did a good job of connecting with players. Described as a player's coach, Mayo is about to bring a different tone to Gillette Stadium. Here's what Daniels writes. That's why dozens of players told Mass Live this season that they thought he'd make for a good head coach. Mark Daniels also posted, I talked to an upcoming Patriots free agent who told me returning to the Patriots just became his priority because of the hiring of Gerard Mayo. So players, Daniels says dozens of players that he talked to believe that Gerard Mayo is going to be a very good head coach. Now, is it going to be, he's going to be a very good head coach right now? We don't know. We, we have to remember that the Crafts wanted to make Mayo the head coach in 2025. They had to speed up this plan. So this is one year ahead of what they wanted to do. Are there going to be some, some issues? Are there going to be some, some deficiencies? Absolutely. There are going to be mistakes made. And that's going to be part of the process. Patriots fans are going to be watching this team play in 2024. There are going to be mistakes made. And people will say, people will say, oh, well, hey, uh, you know, Belichick wouldn't have done that. Nobody was going to walk in and be better than Bill Belichick, who's the greatest of all time. Okay? Not day one. You might argue Vrabel would have been close. And again, I would have leaned Vrabel if he didn't want personnel. I've said that. But we have to live through those mistakes. We have to anticipate some things that are done that make us scratch our head. It's the first time he's going to be a head coach. But players love him. Support all over social media, nonstop support. I mean, you, you could look at all of these players. Offensively, defensively, all standing behind Mayo. Jamie Collins, who is like really no longer in the league. Jamie Collins posted last night as soon as the Mayo contract stuff came out and said, Playoff bound. Playoff bound in year one. Keep this tweet. And again, yeah, these are personal relationships, and these are friends, and these are people that played for him, but it just speaks to the volume of people who believe in this guy. The Crafts believe in him. The players believe in him. He has a very high football IQ. In his second year in the NFL, he was leading the defense. He was making the play calls on the field. So that says a lot about a guy. That Belichick was willing to put him as the heart of the defense in his second year.
Belichick recruited Mayo to be a coach. He wined and dined him. Mayo was in the business world. And Bill Belichick went out and, and recruited Mayo as if he was a college coach trying to bring a five-star in. He went out and he recruited Gerard Mayo onto this coaching staff. That's how strongly he felt that Gerard Mayo would make a good coach, if not very good coach. Teammates have raved about him. Even when he was playing, teammates would rave about him. My guy A.J. Risser jumps in. He's a Ravens fan. Just stay away from Munkin and McDonald, okay? I think you're going to lose McDonald. Not so sure about Munkin. But the teammates at that time, in real time, playing with Mayo, said that guy stands out, super intelligent, leader of men, gets along with everybody in the locker room, different backgrounds, different personalities, just different people, gets along with all of them. Another pro for Gerard Mayo. He's a CEO type. He delegates. He's not Belichick. He's not a micromanager. He's going to allow his coaches to coach. If it's Demarcus Covington as defensive coordinator, which I want it to be, he'll let Covington be the defensive coordinator. Whoever the OC is, Bill O'Brien, somebody else from outside of the building, Mayo is going to allow that guy to coach. I would imagine that Mayo is going to allow the offensive coordinator to pick some of, if not all, of his staff. Mayo runs a program differently in the business world. That's how he ran it, and that's how people expect him to run it as a football coach. He's going to be the head coach, focused on head coach things on game day. He's going to let his coaches coach and coordinate. He's not going to be dipping into everything. He's not going to be worried about personnel during the season. He's going to let his GM, president of football operations, handle that. So he is different. He is categorically different than Bill Belichick. He's a different person. He's a different personality. He has a different vision of things. So a CEO type, he's going to let his guys do their thing. He's going to delegate. Here's another big part of this. He doesn't need personnel power. Again, the Athletic wrote that Mike Vrabel wanted more personnel power in Tennessee, that he he basically wanted, there are no basically's, Judge Judy. There are no basically's. Judge Judy, by the way, absolute freaking legend. Absolute legend. But according to The Athletic, you know, Vrabel wanted more say in personnel. And I don't think that's going to be the case with Mayo. And I think we go back to what Robert Kraft said yesterday during his press conference. Kraft was asked about Belichick's power. He said, quote, all of us need checks and balances. We need Dr. Nose around us. Protect us from ourselves. As things evolve and you get more power, sometimes people are afraid to speak up. And that, to me, told us everything we needed to know. Belichick had too much power. Belichick was too isolated from the rest of the staff. Belichick did not have enough people pushing back. And Kraft looked at that. I don't think he's going to make Mayo the head coach and allow Mayo to have that kind of power because Kraft saw how things were crumbling because Belichick had too much power. So I, I think when you look at this, Mayo is going to be open to having a personnel guy who can run the ship. And, of course, Mayo will have his say. Mayo will, will have his information taken in. Mayo will talk about what kind of players he wants to have and all of those things. But Mayo is not going to be making the call. I would not expect that. Too much power with Belichick. Kraft learned from that and said, we can't have a czar. 
That's what Kraft told us yesterday. We can't have a, a czar. We can't have the guy run everything in this program. We just can't. We need the separation. So, GM, who could who could be the next GM? Don't forget to give us that thumbs up, comment, and subscribe. All the likes mean the world to us. If you're watching live on YouTube, we're about to hit an hour. An hour straight. I haven't taken a break. I am going to take a sip of water, though, because I might die if I don't. Iron Man here on this Friday. I'm going to I'm going to deserve those beverages later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So Rappaport, here's Ian Rappaport on the next GM. Here's what he posted as the Patriots plot out a new direction and set out to hire a GM. A few names to consider with ties to New England. Dave Ziegler. We've heard him. John Robinson, who was in Tennessee. Chiefs assistant GM Mike Borgonzi. Adam Peters from San Francisco, what a lot of people have talked about. Bengals executive Trey Brown. And there is reportedly, uh-oh, we've got a, we've got a fire alarm. I don't think my, my building's on fire. This happened yesterday. People, don't be alerted. I don't know how long this is going to last. Hopefully not long. Awful timing. I'm going to power on through. I think we're going to survive. But this happened yesterday twice. <laughs> what a great time right at noon. Right at noon, we've got this happening. So the, the GM position. Hopefully this isn't driving you all crazy. Holding strong, as A.J. Risser says. Hold strong. I'm holding strong. <laughs> this, this, is not going to, uh, this is not going to get in my way. Um, so back to the thought process as far as GM, as the alarm keeps going off. Go outside of the building. At least have conversations, right? Have these conversations with people. Adam Peters, by the way, just hired by the commanders. That was the alarm that Adam Peters was getting hired by the Washington Commanders. Thanks, everybody. Adam, Andy jumped in. W. Brundog jumped in. Dan Derbs jumped in. <laughs> so Adam Peters, Adam Peters does go uh, to Washington as its next general manager. It's a very good hire uh, by the Commanders. So Adam Peters, wipe him off the list. But there are other names. And the guy that's very interesting is Trey Brown. Trey Brown goes back to Gerard Mayo's playing days. You know, he, he's somebody who has a relationship with Gerard Mayo. He went outside of the building to work for the Bengals. Uh, he was a scout for the Patriots from 2010 to 2012. He went to the Eagles from 2013 to 2018. Then he... Took a couple of stops with the Birmingham Iron and St. Louis Battlehawks. But then he went to the Bengals in 2021. He's been with the Bengals since 2021, and he is their senior personnel executive. So Trey Brown is there. He's witnessed all of the talent. He understands talent at wide receiver. He understands talent at quarterback. Trey Brown has a relationship with Gerard Mayo. So Brown would be interesting. Borgonzi from Kansas City would be interesting. He's been there throughout the you know the process. Scott Pioli brought him into Kansas City, and he's remained there. So Borgonzi is an interesting name. Ziegler is an interesting name. You know, Ziegler is aggressive. He was a guy who pushed back on Bill Belichick when he was here. So Ziegler is an interesting name to me. I wouldn't write him off just because he was here before. Because a lot of these guys, even Adam Peters was here before. That's what happens in the scouting world. John Robinson. From Tennessee, he's another guy. So those are the names right now that Rappaport mentioned 
Again, we could we can wipe away Adam Peters because he is now in San Francisco. But Ziegler was named, Borgonzi was named, Robinson was named, Trey Brown was named. Not Troy, Trey Brown. So go outside and find that GM slash president of football operations. Gerard Mayo is not going to want personnel power. I also like the idea that Mayo keeps continuity on the defensive side, right? If there's one saving grace with this Patriots team, it's been their defense. Top 10 defense in DVOA this year. Mayo continues that brand of defensive football. He knows the roster. He understands what guys can do at their best on that side of the football. And so if if you wanted to try to keep this defense together, Gerard Mayo as head coach is the best avenue to do that. And I said that going back a number of weeks ago. If you look at what needs to be done, would it not be better to hire a defensive guy as the head coach because there's going to be so much offensive overhaul? How much do you want to put on the plate? If you hired Ben Johnson, he would have to replace Bill Belichick, which is huge, number one. Number two, he would have to bring in his new scheme, his new system. Number three, he'd have to pick the right quarterback. Number four, he would have to overhaul most of this roster on the offensive side. Number five, he would most likely be play calling during game day as a first-time head coach, which could be a disaster. That's a lot. That's a lot. So now you have somebody who's going to have that continuity on the defensive side, and I think Gerard Mayo will, will pick his head coach of the offense. I think he will pick the head coach of the offense, whether that's Bill O'Brien or somebody else, and that offensive coordinator will run the offense, will choose the scheme they want, will choose the coaching staff that that guy wants. I think Mayo will put the power in the hands of the offensive coordinator to run that side of the football and let that guy do what he thinks is best to do. I honestly believe that's how Mayo will approach this. Going to find the right guy. Mayo has confidence. He's got swag. He's got personality to replace Bill Belichick. He's somebody who, you know, it's not easy replacing the greatest coach of all time. You needed somebody that had a little bit of gravitas. You needed somebody who was going to walk into that room and own it. And Gerard Mayo is that kind of guy. So I do like that. He knows the market. We talked about this with Mike Vrabel. Mayo knows the fans. He knows the media. And that's important in Boston and in New England. He understands the market. He's not going to be overwhelmed. I don't know if Ben Johnson from Detroit would be overwhelmed. I don't know if Todd Munkin would be overwhelmed. I don't know if Mike McDonald would be overwhelmed. I don't know if any of these guys that are outside the building would be overwhelmed by the market. They might embrace it. I don't think Jim Harbaugh would have been overwhelmed. I don't think Mike Vrabel would have been overwhelmed. But a lot of these other guys, as first-timers, they might have been swallowed whole by Boston in the New England market. Mayo knows that market. He was part of the media for a couple of years at NBC Sports Boston. So he knows the media game. He knows who talks and how they say it and what they say. So that is also a pro. And I just think you have the opportunity to create a cohesive structure here. Owner, GM, head coach, QB1. Start new. Everybody on the same page, philosophically. Everybody looking at the personnel the same way. Understanding the weaknesses that they have to address, not necessarily agreeing on the evaluation of players. You do want some disagreement there. But I like the idea of having your owner, your GM, your head coach, your quarterback one, all on the same page in the eventual 
offensive coordinator. Don't forget to throw the super chat in if you want to jump to the head of the line. We got super chats. Uh, that is the way where you can uh, cut everybody. We used to say that back in school, right? Cut. Cut them. Cut them. So pros and cons. There you go with Mayo. Cons, zero in game management. What's his Rolodex? He's part of the Patriot way. We have no idea what his offensive plan is going to be because he's a defensive guy. The pros to me, he's relatable. Players love playing for him. He's a great communicator. Very high football IQ. He's a CEO type. He allows you to continue defensively what you've been doing. He has confidence in the personality and the swag to replace an all-time great. So there are pros. All right. Before we wrap up, I do want to talk about yesterday. I want to talk about Belichick. I want to talk about Kraft. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Don't forget to comment. Don't forget to subscribe. Every comment means the world to me. Every thumbs up means the world to me. That's how we beat the YouTube algorithm, by giving us that thumbs up. So if you haven't given us a like just yet, throw a like our way. We would very much appreciate it. And uh, don't forget to subscribe as well. Subscriptions, trying to get to 1,500 subscriptions by the end of January. Can we do it? I hope so. Stanley jumps in and says, how can the 2024 team be any worse than 2023? Fair. Fair. I don't know. Hopeful that it's not going to be 4-13. I hope we don't see a 3-14. and 3-15. Uh, and 15. No, 3-14. and 14. That's right, Nick. You had it right the first time. I've been going for over an hour straight. My math is a little fuzzy right now. Val says, I'd like Trey Brown for GM. Yeah, Trey Brown. Amstel jumps in and says, Mayo plus Jaden Daniels equals a trophy. He'd be very happy with that offseason. Amstel also says, Nick for GM. Don't think I'm qualified. Don't think I'm qualified to have that job. Unfortunately, be a lot of fun. Rick says, 757 represents in New England. I like the Mayo move. 757, love the 757 down there in Virginia Beach. Have a sports bar down there, if you're wondering, called uh, the Tailgate Sports Pub. Spent many, many nights. Nick, how do you contribute? Not sure what he means. I'm guessing he means Super Chat. Uh, to contribute to the show, you can send a super chat, and that'll uh, that'll help you out. There's a there's a little option there to send that super chat. You send the super chat, and that is a contribution to the show, which I always always appreciate. All right, let's get to uh, Belichick and Kraft statements yesterday. First and foremost, uh, I thought Robert Kraft his mission was accomplished. He wanted an elegant solution. I don't know if you could get a better elegant solution than they got yesterday. That's as good as it was going to be. I don't think it could have been handled any better. I thought Belichick was genuine. He didn't have any notes. He went off the top of his head. He went from his heart. I thought it was fantastic seeing Belichick get emotional when he talked about the fans. It's a side of Belichick that we never see. And you could hear it in his voice. Belichick was emotional, talking about the fans, talking about the parades and the memories. Yesterday meant something to Bill Belichick. It really did. It meant a lot, I think, to Belichick to be able to voice his appreciation to those who have supported him. Marilyn jumps in and says, uh, see the little dollar next to the chat box? That's the super chat. So if you want a super chat, contribute and help the program, you click that uh, little dollar next to the chat box, and there you go. Much appreciated. Marilyn sent the super chat earlier. I love her support. 
Uh, so Belichick, again, genuine, no notes off the top of his head. Very emotional. I thought that meant a lot for him, and I thought it meant a lot to fans. And I don't know about you, but let me know. Watching Belichick yesterday get emotional, did that, did that hit you a little bit? Did that hit you differently than you thought it would? I mean, we're talking about 24 years. 24 years. A third of Bill Belichick's life he spent as the head coach of the New England Patriots. And I think we overlook that. The guy is not a robot. He's not a machine. He spent a quarter of a century here. I couldn't even drink legally when Belichick became coach. Think about it that way. When he said Patriot for life, I thought it was great. Robert Kraft, his statement, I didn't think it was anything special. He certainly wanted to get the idea out there that it was mutual. It was a mutual decision amicably. The fact that Kraft said it would be difficult to see Bill Belichick in a hoodie coaching for somebody else. I thought that was one of those moments when you kind of think about it and visualize it. And it is going to be weird. And please, let's not play this game. If Bill Belichick goes to Atlanta and wins 11 games next year, I, I don't want to play the game of, oh, look at what Belichick did. Different place, different place, different roster, different situation. Same thing with, you know, Brady and Tampa. Brady went down there and won a Super Bowl. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Brady would have won a Super Bowl with the Patriots in 2020 or 2019 or 2021. I wouldn't say that. It's a different roster. Brady went down to Tampa. He had Mike Evans. He had Chris Godwin. He had Leonard Fournette. He had a really good offensive line. It was a different world that Brady had in Tampa than what he would have had here in New England. You were scrambling to bring in Antonio Brown. You traded for Mohamed Sanu. Completely different situation. So whatever Belichick does moving forward, it doesn't necessarily mean he would have done that here in New England. I don't want to get into that. I think that's silly. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up, comment, and subscribe. All right, Kraft's media session. I'll close out today with some thoughts on what Kraft had to say. I thought he had a, a number of telling comments. I was glad that Kraft took questions. When I first saw that they weren't going to take questions, I was concerned. I thought that would be ridiculous. It would lack accountability. It would be Red Soxian. It would be like John Henry. So I'm glad that Kraft decided to take questions at 2 o'clock yesterday. I understood Belichick not wanting to take questions. He's not going to want to sit there and answer questions about Mac Jones and what went wrong and go through the autopsy. And it would have been weird for Kraft to answer questions about Belichick and how it ended in the future if Belichick is standing right there. So I understood that. I was glad Kraft took questions at 2. He said a lot. Some of the things that stood out to me, we talked about the checks and balances, doctor knows around you. That was a message that Kraft understood that Bill Belichick had too much power. He had too many yes men surrounding him. And that was part of the downfall and how they ended up being four and 13 this year. And I thought that was important from Kraft. I thought that was important to say, talking about a trade of Belichick. We talked about this, not being a crazy idea, the idea of trading Bill Belichick. I said it was unlikely, but I didn't think it was bananas to believe that was at least a possibility. And Kraft, I thought it was very interesting when he was talking about the trade of Belichick or possible trade of Belichick. He said, quote, we try to create a culture and develop an environment where people want to stay and stay long term. If you look at this as a transaction, he is so valuable in how we could extract something. I don't think it was right. So. What Kraft said yesterday was. I wasn't looking at Belichick as an asset. I was looking at him as somebody who helped our business grow, did a lot of great things, 
And I, I did not want to have a cold-blooded trade. It was too cold-blooded for Robert. Robert had some Robert had some some leverage here, as we've discussed, but he did not want to use the leverage. And he understands. He said, you know, some people might criticize me for it, but he wants to be known as somebody who treats people fairly. And he thought it would be unfair to Belichick to put him in that position and hold him hostage, so to speak, for draft compensation. And I got to be honest. I wanted draft compensation. I was wrong. I think I was wrong. After watching yesterday, I felt like that was the right way to end it. I honestly did. Richard, with a super chat, I still miss the Jones-Cattles friction. It was glorious. Oh, yeah. My days working with Adam Jones. My guy, Adam. Man, we had some battles. I do really like Jonesy, though. Maybe one day I will tell the story about when I came back here in August. I met up with Jones on a Saturday night. We ran into each other. And talk about glorious. Jonesy and I had a glorious Saturday night. We had a lot of fun. Let's just say beverages. Many beverages we had that night. Uh, yeah, Jones and I had some knockout battles on 98.5 The Sports Hub when I worked at nights with him. But I still say he's a great guy. I, I get along with him. Uh, very well. Jonesy's a great dude. Uh, so, yeah, look, I mean, Kraft didn't want to pull the trigger on a trade. He didn't want to put anybody in a, in, a, in a tough situation. And I get it. And looking at it, I was wrong. I, I wanted a trade. I think this was the right, right way to end it. Watching yesterday, watching it play out with Belichick and Kraft, listening to Kraft explain, you know, the long-term ramifications of trading somebody, how that could impact your organization. And, and I found myself agreeing. You know, we talked about the, the sugar fix earlier. Kraft looked at trading Belichick as a sugar fix. It, it would have been nice in the time and the vacuum. However, long-term, big picture, it does more damage than good. Kraft, as far as changing or adjusting Belichick's role, Kraft said, quote, when you have someone like Bill who's had control over every decision, the organization reports to him on the draft how much money we spend. Every decision has been his. That was telling, wasn't it? So Robert Kraft is saying, no, I did not draft Mac Jones. Bill drafted Mac Jones. I know people are yelling at me about not spending enough money. Belichick has money to spend. It's the allocation of resources. It's how he spent that money. Every decision has been Bill Belichick's. That's what the owner told us yesterday. Shooter McGavin didn't like Jones, says Jones the fool. <laughs> Corey, Trey Brown, the Bengals executive, could help land T. Higgins. It's another part of it. If they want to spend that money on a, on a wide receiver. Mike Pyle says, I would like to see them bring in people from the outside. I don't think Mayo will not work. Yeah, kind of like what I said, Mike. I, I like the idea of having conversations with people outside of the building. I like the idea of, you know, maybe just seeing if if you could, Talk to somebody who has a different philosophy. If you land on Mayo, you land on Mayo. I hate the process. I would have had a, a head coach search, and I would have had those conversations with people outside of the building. But I, I'm also not going to sit here and tell you that Mayo won't work out because we don't know. I hope to hell he works out. I don't want to see more bad football. I had to get through football this year like you had to get through football this year. Yuck. I paid over 500 bucks to see that Saints nightmare. Jessica. Definitely like the hire. So Jessica 
is all in on the hire of Gerard Mayo. All in on it. But I did find it interesting that, you know, Kraft was saying Belichick made every decision. Every decision was his. He drafted Mac. You know, the draft was his. The money spending and how he spent that money was his. All of those things. He also touched on, you know, the circle of trust and the yes men. I found it interesting when he said he always, talking about Belichick, he always gave us the best he had. There wasn't a shortage of effort. Now, whether he has the right people around him or selected the right players, that we all can make judgment on. So questioning the people around Belichick. I don't know if he's talking about Matt Patricia, the coaching staff. I don't know if he's talking about the front office. Selecting the right players. We've talked about the draft issues that Belichick has had on this podcast. You can check it out. Middle of November, we did a podcast breaking down Belichick's failures from 2015 to 2022. Kraft on the biggest thing he learned from Bill. This was also interesting. He said he had the greatest ability to relate the two things, football intellect and economics. And then Kraft said, now a lot of his younger contemporaries have caught up with that. And I took that as... Kraft telling all of us there was a time where Belichick was ahead of the curve. There was a time when Belichick, you know, was evolving. And that comment to me screamed, he no longer evolved. Everybody else in the game caught up to him. Ronald just tuned in after work. OC and GM thoughts. Right now, if you asked me, I think Bill O'Brien will end up being the offensive coordinator. And I think Dave Ziegler or Trey Brown will end up being the GM. Just, just my thought. Could be totally off. Just my thought. Benny's Ben says, man, Adam Peters off the board. Yes, he went to Washington. He went to Washington. No more Adam Peters. All right. I've talked for an hour and 20 plus minutes straight. I'm gassed. <laughs> no commercial breaks like the radio. I hope everybody enjoyed this. This has been a crazy week. I'm going to go have some lunch. I'm going to have some beverages. But I, I hope all of you enjoyed this. We continue to roll along here on the Nick Cattle Show. Just give me one more minute of your time. This is a one-man band. The likes, the comments, the subscriptions, the only way we're going to survive. And I appreciate every single one of you for supporting this show. I was on radio for, you know, 10-plus years. This is a different kind of world, a different kind of animal. I'm learning as I go. I hope all of you have fun with this venture. I hope you guys are going back and forth with each other in the comment section. I'm going to continue to give you the best content I can give you. And it's not just Patriots. As the Patriots cool down, we're talking Celtics. We're talking Red Sox. We're talking Bruins. And uh, we're going to continue to do that to the best of my ability. But I appreciate every single one of you. Thanks for the super chats today. I mean, outstanding. I appreciate the super chats and your contributions to the program and uh, everybody be safe. Have a great weekend. It's a new era in new England, man. It's a new era. And there's some excitement behind that. We don't know if Mayo is going to work out, but there, I, I do think there is some excitement, some genuine excitement, new voice, hopefully new philosophies. It's going to be a wild ride. I can't wait to continue that ride with all of you. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Have fun. Stay hydrated till Monday or unless news breaks. Might have a GM soon. <laughs> this has been the Nick Cattle Show.